All right. What you say, Jared? Hello. Years old, full of hate. It's, it's Friday in the loo yeah, when we're recording ready. this. It is Friday in the loo, and you know, I'm most excited, which I think I'm getting old and grumpy. I am most excited that this is the last day of Africa. I mean, it's supposed to be 80s tomorrow, and we've had six days in a row of 100 plus. I'm sick of the windows being fogged. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. No, the coffee in the morning, though, because typically I like to go outside. And drink. It's just, it's been miserable. Been but, miserable. But I think, well, you might not because you like it, and I don't. But I'm going to be the first one in 12 weeks to be like, I wish it was 100. No. <laughs> So I'm just a whiner. No, I'm I'm a cold weather guy, man. Give me give me 32 over 92 every day of the week. Uh, rolling us in here, <clears throat> New Music Friday. Um, one of one of my family's favorites right now, Zach Bryan. You know him, you've heard him. I have. Uh, He's some, good. Something in the Orange, all those new album out today. So if you're into that kind of uh, gritty West Texas country. This kid's from Oklahoma. He was in Navy. He was in the Navy. Yeah, the I Navy know. gave him a honorable discharge so he could go make music. You know, I I like the the little genre, this fad of all these outlaw country guys coming out, and I really love the old school guys. You know it. You know my genre of music. Yeah. I have a problem with a lot of these guys that are coming out and they're Mister Outlaw, big beard, big hats. And driving a Mazda, it, and this guy's not faking it. This no. guy's real. No, it's a it's a great story. If uh, if you're bored and you're into music stories like that, Wikipedia, check it out. Super cool story. Um, anyway, new album. Wanted to play a little tune there. Um, so w- where do I start? Because there's just so much going on in our worlds with the show, with our past guests, and what's coming up. Um, why don't we just start with the previous episode? Um, <clears throat> I just got a phone actually walking in here, uh, had two missed calls, uh, and I looked down and I'm like, oh shit, coach Mickler, Terry, give me a call. What's up? Give him a call. And he's like, oh, you know, Hey, just want to catch up, touch base. You guys doing a great job. But Jeff Cameron, wow. He goes, you guys are killing it. And I'm, and I'm like, well, thank you. And I wanted to called draws and thank him too yeah thanks to draws i've had also people mention like hey the show's cool and you know busting my balls and you know it's okay and you're kind of shitty and you're funny at times and <laughs> jb's serious and zach's really cerebral and, and but how did you get <laughs> jeff cameron yeah and yeah. and then and, you know thanks draws jeff um that guy's short and to the point and i like his uh uh he don't sugarcoat it I think is what I put. Well, I think I think he earned the right to have an opinion. You know, he, he goes from, you know, in that text message between you and I earlier, not realizing that when, when he went to West Virginia, he was a walk-on. Um, so, he, he, you know, he goes as a walk-on, two years, goes over to uh, Rhode Island. Then he gets into the draft, and the rest is history, right? He goes from walk-on status at West Virginia to the captain captaincy at QPR in the Premier League. I mean, we talk about pathways and linear and not linear. And, and I mean, walk on at West Virginia, Mountaineer, program folds shortly there within his career. He leaves. 
then he becomes the captain at QPR. Yeah. I, I mean, does anybody guess that? Yeah. I mean, what, what's, what's the term graft, the graft work ethic here in the Midwest is what we call it or the grind. Yeah. Um, it was a gr- great episode. Go check it out because it's one of those things that it will uh, educate as well as inspire young players because it's, you know, there are certain things that you can't teach and one of them is effort. Um, and I think that he would put that paramount over virtually most skill. You had mentioned young players um, and I don't really do this. I let him kind of live his own deal and I don't try to push, push, push. But my boy will be listening to that one. <laughs> Sitting down. You are not grounded. But you this need to is, hear what this guy has to say. Yeah, this is a personal growth moment for you. Specifically on when he broke into the league and what that assistant told him that you're going to have a long career, keep your head down. You know, it's just the work. Yeah, the value of training. Yeah. Of, of how you train, not the training itself. And you think if somebody's listening to it and I'm listening to it and you're just like, oh, that's easy. No big deal. I mean, that's just goes without saying. Just look at these kids. Look at us when we played. It, it's not easy. It's no. it, it's easy. It's an easy um, uh, point, bullet point. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. But do it. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's a great episode. Go check it out. Um, uh, let's see here. Obviously, I want to I want to make sure that we thank the sponsors of the show. Crescent Plumbing has been great. We were on the phone the other day. They've been extremely happy. And apparently some of you have actually been hitting them up. So thank you. Um, they're really, really good at what they do. So kitchen, bath, laundry, whatever need you have to either fix, replace, remodel or new build. If water comes out it and the other stuff goes down it, hit them up. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys. And then, uh, you know, Chris and Bill pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah. I like these guys, the cadets, these guys are, these guys are slick. (laughs) Uh, same thing over there. Um, I, I first person hit me up and like, okay, you know, I'm checking it out. You know, I just, I'm having a hard time finding a deal. And that's one of the things that they do a little bit differently because they work so closely with realtors and earlier in the process. So you're looking for a new house and inventory sucks. We all know it. There's nothing out there. They actually will help you find that. So hit them up. And I would like to announce a new supporter. Axis. Axis Physical Therapy. A-X-E-S. Nice. Um, and if you want to check them out, here's really simple. It's accesspt.com. Um, and we're going to get into more on them later on. But little known fact, if your child gets injured, right? Soccer, right? Rolls an ankle. Knock on wood, yes. bone, knee, whatever, right? Physical therapy is coming down the pipe. In order to go to a physical therapist, what do you have to do? What's the first thing you have to do? Go get referred by a doctor? It's correct. Up until August 28th. Effective August 28th, and if you're listening to this before, great. If it's after, you're in luck. You now can go direct. No more referrals needed in in the state of Missouri to go to PT. So That's phenomenal. So that means the $20, $30 copay, all that stuff, you know, that you have to go to your primary first, you can just put that towards your beer budget. Pork steaks, something else. Yeah, I mean that that that's that's exciting. I mean, uh, to me, if it's the normal run of the mill injury and you just want to get you know rehab going, um, that's exciting for the youth athlete or even the adult athlete. 
Yeah, and they have um, a soccer-specific program over there, too. So for all you families that are listening, little one's got the knock, a little bit of a roll, a little bit of sprain, needs a little bit of help, uh, PT help, hit them up, accesspt.com. Um, so let's get into the pinnacle points of the day. I'm down. And I'm sure you've, you've probably been chewing on it all day, haven't you? I, I, well, I mean, all week. Um, we didn't do um, the points last time because we had a marathon with Mr. Jeff Cameron. Yeah. Um, so we skipped him and we kind of got out in front of ourselves. So we had to jump him on real quick. But yeah, I'm ready. Um, what you got? You go first. Um, last night, most of our Division One friends um, yep. was their first game. And, uh, you know, just a quick rundown. Slew beats Butler 2-1. Congratulations to Kalish and the boys. Um, that's good to get your first win. Um, I'm sure there's things to work out. Missouri State goes on the road, plays 14, number 14, Maryland, beats them 1-0. Mm-hmm. Akron, they went 4-0. 6-0. Was it 6? I mean, six, so Akron no. hammers somebody. Uh, Michigan State, um, they're out there winning at home, 1-0. Um, beautiful goal, if you haven't seen it. Um, somebody watch it. And then, basically, they had to shelter in place at – 54 minutes into the game and you know in college soccer if you make it to 70 it can be considered a whole game so the game's postponed probably won't make it up for you know budgets you know scheduling um so that's just a non-played game for them and but they they're winning one nothing um iu um i think one one notre dame i mean two excellent programs i'm sure that was a hard-fought game yeah um so i'm just extremely excited to uh watch this college year to keep close tabs on our pals, um, the kids, um, the programs. And believe me, I'll be watching a lot of college soccer this year. Yeah, we've talked about it a few times, you know, for um, families with kids that are considering uh, or think that they want to play college soccer. A few of the coaches have pointed out, like, you know, one thing you need to keep in mind and consider is, what style are you? What style do you play? You know, where do you want to go? And do you even know if it's a good fit? Every one of these teams now has, in essence, their own streaming packages. I think they all have their games on YouTube at a minimum. So a word of advice would be watch some of these games. Number one, it's high level. It's entertaining. But number two, it's great research if you're starting to consider or think about the prospect of playing college ball. Yeah, Linwood also, I don't want to leave them in the dark. Uh, Women, they win 4-1. Close family friend scores two goals in that game. Um, and then Birch and the boys and Ian, um, you know, they're building a program there. So you're not going to get to the top right away. They, they drop a tough one, one nothing. But I think that they're ready to go. And I'm excited to keep an eye on, uh, on that Lindenwood program. Uh, St. Charles. And then we have our man across the river, SIUE, did, uh, they won 2-1 over Central Arkansas. Nice. And that's a, that's a, is that, a, that's a, that might be a conference game. I believe it was, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so bottom line is um, – if they come on our show, they start off pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, everybody that's been on our show is one and oh. Yeah. Wait. Or tied. Or tied. No losses. Let's put it that way. We, our guests are undefeated at this point of the season. Yes. <laughs> All right. My, my pinnacle point is really a little bit more, um, a little bit more generic because it's soccer season. It's upon us. Uh, youth, CYC, club, academy, high school, everybody's kicking off. M- my point is this. 
as parents, I challenge you, if you're listening and you have a little one out there or a big one or a medium-sized one, it doesn't matter. At whatever level, if they are going out there to go undefeated or they're just simply going out there for the post-game snacks, try and have fun. This is a sport. This is games. This is this is entertainment for most of them. So I, I recorded a, a the second episode of Soccer Mom Sunday earlier today with uh, Jen Cease. Um, and we were talking with our guest. And one thing, it was like an aha moment where um, the coach, she's the coach down at uh, Oakville w- Women's Program. And her, her name is Coach Guns, by the way. <laughs> coach Guns. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, she pointed out like the, the engagement the parents have, how it's like, it's just getting out of hand. And one of us, I forgot who said it, but basically it was like, you know, the problem is when the kids walk out there, the parents see their last name. They see the last name and they then are vicariously living through that Jersey and they forget the first name who's really out there playing. So my pinnacle point is simply put, take a chill pill, do whatever you need to do before you get to the game. Don't take it so seriously. Have some fun because these kids are under a lot of stress. And it's going, it goes by quick, man. I mean, I think that I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, I got a 14 year old and he could be done sooner than later, you know? And I just, just, just the other day I was going to buy his first cleats, you know? So that, that, that's a big deal. Um, it's going by quicker than most people. So enjoy the process, the process, that word's used all the time. Um, you know, people are probably listening and rolling their eyes. Like these assholes are doing the same thing, but you know what, you know, we're going to act like we don't. (laughs) (laughs) no kidding man well here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go ahead and roll into a little break we're gonna bring our guest on we're gonna talk a whole lot about a lot of the stuff that we just covered uh the college process because that's what they do um so stick around and you know love the support if you don't mind share the episode send it to somebody else that would be the best uh gift you could give us and we appreciate all the support see you on the other side Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at thepinnacleloans.com. That's thepinnacleloans.com. 20 and 0 as freshmen? Really? Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really? As families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So. 
When you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. It's cheaper than a therapist. I would get this one. <laughs> you get, oh, go for it. This is uh, the old Grateful Dead. It is the Grateful Dead. Old Jerry. The Grateful Dead. Um, little friend of the devil. It's actually... Um, did you know the Grateful Dead never had a one, number one hit? I, I think I did know that. Yeah. But, sure. you know, on the billboard or the charts, but I think they had plenty of number one hits in their their uh, Deadheads fans' hearts. <laughs> According to the Deadheads, there's an infinite number of number one hits, and they all sound the same. Yeah, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> well, I'm rolling us in here with a little Grateful Dead because I'm... I, I, I believe my research or assumptions were right based on conversation and some info that I've gleaned from our guest today. Uh, we have with us today, Mr. Don Williams. How are you doing, Don? Great, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, g- correct me if I'm wrong. Are you from San Francisco? I am from the San Francisco Bay Area, which can extend pretty big, uh, born and raised in the East Bay. Okay. About, uh, okay. Just outside of Oakland. So, so that's why I played the Grateful Dead. Okay. I gave you a little hometown music role in there. Hey, my son's still there. I appreciate the love. <laughs> He's you probably know? walked on hate and crossed over at Ashbury. You could have <laughs> gone. You, by the way, you could have gone Grateful Dead, or you could have gone uh, oh, California yeah. Love. The, yeah. Either way, I'd have been. Either way, I'd have been good. Well, I was thinking Jefferson Airplane. Well, I mean, here's the thing, because you, you know how I... So, so Don, typically, whenever we bring guests on that are from other regions, et cetera, because when they're from St. Louis, it's pretty easy. We're going to play classic rock, <clears throat> and it's pretty straightforward. But other regions of the country, I like to show them a little love, hometown music, et cetera. And a few times we've had guests on that are from, like, Indiana, or, well, like in the case of uh, Jeff Cameron. We just spoke to Jeff the other day. Um, there's not a lot of music out of Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, you, but you, my friend, San Francisco, quick little Google search, San Francisco rock legends. It's like 20 pages long. Oh, I'm sure. So, and that music scene back in the sixties and seventies, specifically in that area was the place to be. Yeah. So, I mean, let, let's start there. I mean, since we're talking a little bit about the, uh, original hometown roots, um, you know, give us a give us a quick synopsis of your kind of intro, the early years of your relationship to the game, uh, because eventually, what we're really going to focus on is your current organization and the services that you guys provide, and maybe you know get into a little uh, discussion on whether it's working, whether it's not working, college recruiting, pro paths, all that other stuff. But where did your uh, relationship with the game, where did that originate? Yeah, so, you know, I grew, grew up and uh, had, a, had a kind of a rough upbringing and that my dad took off pretty early and then mom had problems with alcohol and uh, looking for really bored to death, man, and uh, probably going to get in trouble. And my friend says, hey, they're starting soccer up. Uh, and this is 1974. And I said, what is that? And he says, just come to signups with me. And then, so I played, and uh, I loved it. I really, I really liked it. I was horrible at it, um, and they put me at center forward in a day that we played with uh, five forwards, 
two backs, five forwards. There you go. And I was center forward. And uh, then they said the next year, uh, we have an opening at goalkeeper. And that was it. I fell in love. So they were trying to get me off the field, but not hurt my feelings. <laughs> and it worked. And I fell in love with it. Played through high school. Um, went and started to play in college and then decided to get married instead. And uh, so dropped out of school, married my wife, and it wasn't because I had to. A couple of years later, we had kids. And um, then when my kids started playing, uh, I was sitting in the car, and I think we were going to my brother's birthday party in Modesto, and uh, my wife was signing up the, the five-year-old for soccer. We, we figured five was about the right age to let him start playing. And they kid, the president comes out and says, uh, yeah, he's too young. Uh, we don't start him till six. And at that time, that was, he goes, but the good news is we need a coach. And I heard that you played soccer. So I said, I know nothing about coaching, nothing. He goes, we'll send you to the coaching school. So they did all the way up to my A license uh, as I started coaching my kid and then got into the local high school where I played, got into coaching. And then uh, one of my licenses, a, a buddy of mine invited me to come coach pro with them in the what was the second division and be the goalkeeper coach. And also with one of my licenses, I started coaching in college. So college ended up with a 22-year career coaching, uh, NAIA, D2, D3, junior college, men uh, for 12 of the 22 years, and then women for the entire 22. So I was pulling dual role between men's and women's, either pro or college men, and uh, college women straight for 22 years. And 2018 stepped away. And uh, now my son's coaching. He was at North Carolina State and three or four of the schools. Now he's in Idaho uh, coaching. And uh, he was the only kid that stuck with it of the three, but they all played. So I've been a parent. I've been a coach. And now my role as, a, as an agent with, uh, with Sports Recruiting USA. So, so obviously, when you jump around through the divisions like that, that probably meant a lot of U-Hauls. Um, you know, talk. You'd talk, be surprised. Talk, I'm the luckiest <clears throat> man on planet Earth. I really am. So, when I was at Cal State East Bay and I joined, they were NAIA. Then they became a Division three school. So I got to see what that looked like for a bunch of years. Then the last couple of years, they joined Division two. So, uh, and then I coached junior college. 20 minutes down the road, one stint in Hayward and one stint in Fremont. So I didn't have to move until the last eight years of my career when I moved up to where I am now, which is uh, Quincy, California. There's a college nobody's ever heard of called Feather River in a county of 20,000 and a town of 5,000. And we took them to as high as ranking number two in the nation and number one in the state this little old town and nothing. So this was the only time I had to move. Right. Well, well wow. it, it must be rough because other, most other road dogs go through uh, the Midwest druthers. <laughs> my, and... my son's moved six times, uh, four times in six years and he's tired of moving. And that's the life of a college coach usually. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're, so you're an A license coach still. Do you still retain the license? Um, and no, I didn't renew it. Uh, Four years ago, I stopped renewing it. They kept raising the prices, and I knew I was transitioning out of coaching. And so I said, really, come on, what's the point? It's coaching's for the young. Let them do their thing, and I'll do my thing over here. So, so uh, yeah, well, so I 
gave it up. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. So um, we're talking about transitioning to what you're doing now, and JB will probably get that whole story out of us. We'll peel that onion back. Um, as you were coaching in college, um, and like JB referenced, we know enough to be dangerous. Um, your partner, um, who I believe is an English fellow, um, he was trying to bring kids to the United States, if, I, if I'm understood correctly. And um, he, he had some kids play for some of your colleges. So as you start to transition out of coaching, um, does the light bulb go off? Explain that transition and, and kind of get us into the formation of where you're at. And it's called Sports Recruiting USA. Um, talk about the, the ground floor of that business venture with your partner. Yeah, so I had, I, I was, Chris is the most accommodating guy in the world. You know, he's putting kids at power five schools. So he started the company in 2010. He had come over to the U.S. He had done his stint. He went back home. Uh, one of his buddies said, I paid a company and they're not doing anything for me. And Chris said, let me see what I can do. Made a couple phone calls, got the guy placed. And when that guy came back out, they decided, let's do this for a living. So they started up the company in 2010. It was the same time I was moving up to Feather River. And my first year, I just took the team they gave me. I got hired in, uh, well, I got hired August 1st for a season that started August 1st. How's that? Uh, but they told me right before the 1st of July. So they gave me 30 days to recruit two teams, men's and women's. Uh, they had two women and five men. And so I had to do that in 30 days. So I quit my job early, worked for free for a month, moved up here, lived out of my office for six months and just coached and put it together. After a year, I realized I am never going to win. They were talking about how hard our league was to win. They were talking about how hard it is to make the playoffs. They were talking about we'll never, ever host a first round playoff game. Just a lot of negativity, and they said it's just not possible. It's too difficult. Nobody wants to come up here. So I realized that I needed to go international. So one of the companies I reached out to was SRUSA, Chris Cousins, uh, got back to me, ended up taking his first three girls in program history, uh, Megan Stowe's playing professionally over in England. Um, then we had two uh, young lady from Scotland, a young lady from up in Newcastle. And they were all very good players. And then I grabbed a couple of his guys, very good players. And Chris was always super accommodating. A lot of the other agencies wanted to only push their kids D1. Chris was letting kids talk to whoever they whoa, wanted whoa, to talk whoa. to. And let me, let me cut in here. Coach. When you say a lot of the other agencies, what, what year are we talking about? We're talking about 2015? No, we're talking 2013, 2013. 2013. So now. when you say a lot of agencies, meaning domestic agencies or agencies across the, the pond yeah. that are reaching in to try to get um, internationals, Europeans, South Americans into the American education system. Or were there, were there stateside agencies that you were dealing with at that point? No. As far as I know, we're the first stateside agency in the world that's come in here stateside. There are services that have, like NCSA and NSR that, that, you know, every sport, every kid applies, every kid goes into the massive database of 100,000 kids, and then college coaches can search through it or not, and they do emailings and all of that. But that's not what we do. Uh, no, I'm talking about international agencies. That's a great question. So there were probably 
four that were working the Norwegian countries at the time, maybe two, probably two. Uh, and then there were probably 10, 15, 20 that were out of England. Now there's over 100. Uh, and then since we've started the United States, people have paid attention and companies are j jumping in and forming here. But I had agencies that would say, no, you can't have the kids email. They are only going D1. They pay me good money to put them D1. And then, you know, next kid, I would see that the kids transferring. I'd say, now can I reach out? No, we're only putting them D1. They're not going to. It's like, I can change a kid's life. I'm telling you. No, can't talk to them. Well, Chris let, wasn't that way. Let, let, let me let me kind of back up the bus a little bit so that we can kind of set the table. Um, uh, let's Let's get into... Uh, motive. Let's talk about, um, uh, you know, business strategy and specifically uh, as it applies to helping families, helping kids into, you know, get to the next level. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, SRUSA's, you know, who you're really looking for and what does that initial touch look like? Is it inbound? Is it outbound? Kind of because we have a lot of parents that listen to the show and, yeah. and the vast majority of them just are like deer in headlights when it, when it comes to, they know they have a kid that is, loves the game, maybe is excelling, maybe he's playing at a, you know, in their eyes, a high level or the team that they're on indicates that they're at a high level, but they get very scared about how does this work? So yeah. give us a little bit of lay of the land as far as your organizations, uh, who are you looking for? What does that initial uh, contact look like? And then what happens next? And are you turning away prospective people that are contacting you? Or are you simply taking everybody that, that comes to you from a, you're in a business, from a revenue standpoint, yeah, yeah, and then trying yeah. to design, hey, you're not a... Um, D1, you're not a D2, you're not a D3. Yeah, yeah. So kind of reference, you know, as you're dodging in and out of that question, reference that because um, I'll be frank um, and not to really get crazy here, but um, in a business like yourself, and I'm just being an outsider looking in and you're going to explain it, I feel like you wouldn't turn anybody away, but maybe I'm just flat out wrong. That would be the better financial call. It's a bad business model but it's a great financial call uh, to just accept everybody. Uh, so yeah, no, here's how it started. Um, Chris wanted to start a boutique agency. He wanted something, he noticed that when he was seeing these other kids come over to America from, from England, that they had questions or they needed to transfer or they get, you know, get into the JC. A lot of them are going JC. A lot of, most internationals are going JC because uh, Americans don't want to take the JC spots. They only want D1, D2. So and just to be what clear, ends up happening... Just to be clear for the listener, JC yeah. is junior college. Oh, right? sorry, yeah. yeah Community yeah. college, junior college, <clears throat> interchangeable, Two year often any, referred yeah. to as JUCO Two year, or uh, JC. Institutions. Yep. Yeah, good call. So nobody was helping these kids transfer. So these companies that were paid money are now abandoning these kids when they come over here. And Chris said, I want to stay with the kids for four years. So it came from a really good place and a really good heart from Chris. And he started out with, I will only handle 50 a year as a company. That was the company slogan that was all of our website when I started in 2018. Uh, 
it was will only handle 50 year and i said chris you got to change it i'm going to handle 50 you're going to handle 50. and he goes we'll change it when it happens so now we've taken it away because we're up to i don't know last year was 350 girls something like that and about 400 boys and it's because we've added agents so each agent we have figured can handle about 50 kids at a time so and then that's then they get maxed out so we have to be invitation only because we have capacity and we have a virtually a hundred percent placement rate the only kids that don't get placed are the ones that change their mind now the only way you can get a hundred percent placement rate is by hand selecting the kids and knowing pretty much ahead of time when you go to work with them you already have an idea and have had a discussion with the parents. Now, I think you're looking at probably RMAC schools and CCAA schools and Sunshine State and Coastal and, uh, uh, and, and Conference Carolinas. Well, those are all D2 conferences that have some high, some medium and some low schools. And if I tell parents you kind of can play at that level and the parent says, I only want Stanford or North Carolina, then we have to say, we're not the right people to work with you. Yep. Well, and then on the other end, if a kid, it's like, wow, oh, dude, best you could do is go to your local junior college. You don't need us. Just go to your very local junior college, go to their camp, go to their little ID days, go to there and see if you can play there because you need a lot of work. I don't well, think I can help you let, and I can't get you the kind of offers you want. Let me let me ask then you I, let me ask you a procedural question then for the sure. for the parent that's listening. Um, because I, I, I do think there's um, you know parents that have unrealistic expectations, which is the, probably the vast majority of us because we, it's we a love very our nice kids. way of putting it. Um, That's a very kind way. But, of putting but it. there's you know there there's a growing contingency of families and players in particular that are probably fairly self-aware of the player themselves as to what level they think they should be at. Um, so, for example, if your sweet spot, and I'm just taking a guess here, if your sweet spot is uh, mid-D2, NAIA, uh, those two kind of roughly overlapping a little bit, because D3 being usually more academically driven um, is, is kind of a, a touch of an outlier. If, if, I'm, if I'm a family that thinks that's a good fit, are you guys outbound scouting? Is it all inbound uh, submissions, conversations? What does that percentage look like? And what are you really looking for in these kids and their, quote, packages from film or grades, et cetera? Well, look, first of all, we get thousands of applications a year. So those do come in and we have to sort through them, right? <clears throat> and if there's half of them have no video. It's like, why are you, what are you expecting me to do for you? So then we email them, we tell them we need video, and then sometimes they don't get back to us, right? And then we have kids that give us video, and it's horrific. I can't even tell who you are, what you're doing, what it looks like. It's just, there's no way I can assess from it. Then we have to write them back and say, we need something better. Here's some examples. And usually I just send them to our YouTube page. It's like, look at, you'll see every position that there is. These are all ones that we've approved of, so you know that we think they're good, uh, good enough to go out to a college coach. And I'm not looking for perfect on video, but I'm, I need you to apply. Basically what we're doing is we're following the only process us as former college coaches know how to follow, and that is somebody contacts you and says, I'm interested. They give you the video, you assess it, you assess their grades, 
you assess their major. Uh, that's all, and I can do that in an application. Now I got to talk to you because if I get you on the phone and it's like, yeah, I want Stanford, Florida State, uh, on the women's side, North Carolina, and on the men's side, they're going, I want Indiana, I want UL, UCLA, I want, and it's like, yeah, but with the film you showed me, you'll be lucky to, you won't, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. And even if you ever made that roster because you got into Stanford, you applied to Stanford, you got into Stanford, and you told the coach, please let me be number 42 on your roster. I'm not that horrible. And the coach agrees. You're never sniffing the field at Stanford. Is that what you want? If that's what you want, I got a friend of mine who sat the bench at Virginia when uh, they had won their two or three national championships in a row. He was on that team with Miola and all those guys, Dab, all those guys on the national team. So uh, he says, I wouldn't change it. But that's pretty rare. That player is pretty rare. I think he got 20 minutes of PT uh, in his four years, and he loved it. But well, that's a rare dude. Well, that's well, a rare guy. You know, I, I got kind of a malty Paul question, but I'm going to ask you one thing first. Um, you referenced video. Um, in the last five to ten years, what has video done for your industry, our game in general? Um, you mentioned agents. You mentioned, well, I'm going to call them scouts. So, of course, it's more cost effective for your agents slash scouts if they can handle 50 people to watch as much video to diagnose video that's sent to you guys so you can go out and see these kids, you know, boys or girls with your eyes. How important has video became in our game for a service like you? Oh, well, it's always been important as a coach. Look, my kid was sending video on video cassette tapes, and he was sending out video cassette tapes in in, in 2000 and whatever, no, whatever graduated, 2000, early 2000s. So uh, I mean, someone was born in 85, so whatever that would be, 03. We were making them on videotapes, and we we're sending them out, and everybody was still doing that. We were receiving, we had boxes at the college, boxes and boxes of videotapes that were sent to us. And then then it was CDs, you know, and people were sending out CDs. So video's always been important. Uh, but what's changed is the now the accessibility of the iPhone. That changed everything. Digital tape. Now, now there's no excuse not to give video. I've well, I've signed players off of iPhone video, uh, and it wasn't bad. It let was me, acceptable. You could see it. Let me let me bring up uh, a subject in regards to video because a lot of parents. I think mo most parents that are around the game they know that they need video. They need they know that they need a uh, sizzle reel or a highlight reel some form whether it's you know a, a compilation of their own cell phone or they're taking it off of vo or whatever the system is but right. but what i want to talk about is um because we we follow each other on twitter and you know you're, you're always giving out um suggested practices as it applies to uh, you know, what, what, what players should be sending in, how they should be sending in and what you're looking for. And specifically one that stood out to me was in regards to you were, you were commenting on a player that was supposed to be a center back that was looking, you know, at w whatever system it was. And their video was apparently a bunch of highlights of, uh, speed and attempts at head balls, et cetera, with a significant lack of defending clips. So, right. so I, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
talk to the parent listening or the kid listening, the player listening about some strategies on how to manage the video based on who they are as a player or maybe positionally or how to organize it so that their story is more cleanly told when you guys and, and, and you know, services or, or recruiters see them. Yeah. So just look, you, you're telling, you are telling a story. I like that you said that. And really it, what it is, is it's a movie trailer. If, if a company spends, you know, millions and millions making this movie and the movie trailer is boring, slow, doesn't make sense. People aren't going to go spend their $15 and 50 cents or whatever it is nowadays to go buy a movie to go to go buy a ticket for that movie so you're trying to get that coach to invest another three hours in you to start to get to know you to begin the recruiting and uh the, the courting process of recruiting so in that video you've got to grab their attention in the first 30 seconds okay you cannot bore them straight off the bat and then you need to show them everything that's relevant to your position. So if I'm a center back, climbing headers, uh, hard tackles, playing out with both feet, receiving with both feet, hitting 60, 70 yard switches, hitting 30, 40 year old balls on a ping to the correct foot, uh, playing back with my keeper, opening back out, like make tracking back, I get, get beat, I gotta recover, tracking back with speed, being brave in the box, throwing your body in the way, uh, being willing to lay your body out on the line to stop a goal, everything that's required of a center back that makes us go, wow, now do the same thing for the two and the three and the four and the six and the eight, the 10 and the nine and the keeper. Do they ever, all right, go down the line, the seven and 11s flying down the wings, beating players one, one V one, tracking back, making hard tackles, uh, getting in on the back post, finishing some full volleys at the back post, uh, maybe taking corners, in swingers, out swingers. You know, we want all we're trying to do is say, let me see you at your very best. Like every good moment you've ever had, let me see you what it looks like. It, because your very best is your potential. What stops a player from performing at that level is usually mental. Yeah. Okay. The <clears throat> mental can be worked on. Good, if Jim. you can do it five times in a row, that means you could do it a hundred times in a row. Talk What's about stopping this. you is the mental. And Talk. we're just trying to see that player in that video moment for three to five minutes before I go, good, let me see a full match now. Let me see, do you speed up and slow down in the game? Let me see what happens when things go wrong. Unedited, full match. If that goes well, let me see another one. If that goes well, I'm going to hit the road. And I'm going to go see how you interact with your players, yep. how you check in, what you look like, how you interact. Do you yell at people? Do you do? Do you pay attention to your coaches? What are your parents like? I'll go sit by the parents. And are they psychotic? All right, this is a normal family. Things are going well. The kid's very consistent, and that's all I'm looking for as a coach. I'm looking for players that can consistently play at a certain level that will crack my top 15. Okay, so. You have mentioned on the girls' side, Stanford. You've mentioned Florida State. Um, you've mentioned on the boys' side, UCLA and some other IUs and some other high-end programs. Um, there's a fine line here. Um, somebody can jump on your website and look at your testimonials over the years and see where you have kids and boys and girls. And, and I know you have a sample size with some of those universities that you've talked about specifically. Um, where... 
you know, we're talking about video in these universities, these high end universities, they have different budgets than community colleges and JUCOs and recruiting budgets and all that. So my question is, is where is the fine line of these high end universities using a service like you versus just having their own staff being at these events and actually seeing them for themselves? So um, are you more of a niche guy, like JB said, in the NAIA uh, D2 region? And again, I know that you have people, a small sample size of people at these high end universities. Where does that fit in? And then after you answer that question, how much is the international explosion of the game helping you? Because 10 years ago, there was, I don't know the numbers, but I, I would be willing to bet that 10 years ago, there was 10% of the rosters in the college were international, maybe 15 years ago. Now we're upwards of 30 plus probably on the men's side percent of these rosters are international. So right. um, talk about that a little bit because like like a college coach at, IU or Michigan State or St. Louis University or Stanford, uh, are they using your service to bring kids in? Yeah, that's a good question. Look, we've all often said, uh, look, the top kids in the ECNL and the GA, the kids are on the, you know, the national team that they name at the end of the year, right? The kids that are borderline popping in out of the U.S. national team, the Stanford's and the in the Florida State's national championships and boys and girls side and the top of the MLS next, none of those need us. None of them. They're fine. They don't need us. Stanford doesn't need me to help them find kids. They don't need that. Yeah. It's not, but, not required at all. Here's what happens though. We come across kids that are nobody knows about. Yeah. yeah now it, 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 that kid's good. Cracks. So I got a girl who plays for the Canadian National Development Center. So she's not on the national team yet, but she's one of the top two or three center backs up in Canada. Got, we're close. We're close. But she's low enough down away from the national team that people don't really know about her. And then she's she's just not quite there yet. So she just committed to Baylor. So she'll be playing Power 5 at, it turns out, her dream school. She didn't know it but before we introduced her and she visited Creighton and some other schools and uh, she ended up signing with Baylor. Now that happened. It's not that Michelle needs me to get great players to come to the Baylor camp. It's come on. That's, that's the Ivy league school of Texas and it's amazing facilities and they play power five or what's soon to be power four. Uh, but Michelle didn't know about her and she didn't know about Michelle and I introduced them. Well, that's what agents do. I, I, Baylor was not on this girl's wish list. Was not on her wish list. So that's what we do. Our job is to know the client so well and to know the coach so You're well. You're a puzzle builder. You're building puzzles. We, that's all we're doing. We're Look, we're introducers. We're sh we are the truest form of a middleman. Well, right? I, I, I think and nobody needs a middleman. Why wouldn't you just go direct? Because how would Michelle know about her? And how would she know about Michelle if we didn't do it when they were part of the national team set up? And it's because Michelle had just come from a division two school. That's well, why. Well, and, and nobody knew about her yet. Yeah, because the one thing I was going to point out, um, we were in an ID camp, we being me and uh, my son, uh, literally probably about a month ago. And one of the stats that was tossed out was sheer numbers. 
when you add up, there's 212 Division One programs. There's you know uh, roughly the same number of D2, a uh, few uh, a few less uh, NAIA, and then a few more D3 programs. And then whenever you assume roughly 30 spots per roster on average, or even take the number down a little bit, when you do the math and and you multiply it out, you're talking about 12,000 plus, you know, uh, positions or spots across the four uh, uh, tiers of collegiate soccer. That's just on the on on the the men's side. So when you talk about you know the, the 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 power twenty, the power ten teams that you're that you're like, look, you don't they don't need us. Really, all we're talking about is is an extremely small percentage of slots. So your potential marketplace moving into that, you know, let's just call it the 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 other ninety percent is pretty large. So I guess my question is this: when players come to you. Do you guys have a process as to how you filter them through that pyramid of perceived uh, power? Oh, absolutely. To, w- yeah. What, what does that look like? And more, and, and I'm asking you not because I necessarily need to understand it, but because when parents think about it, we need to manage their expectations. How do you do that? And what is your process on funneling a kid into a tier? See, it's okay. See, that's the whole thing. I could care less. Oh, we got a little bounce going there. Oh, Don. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, you probably need to start that whole thought over. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, let's do that. So, look, we've got two lads at Indiana. Okay, that we helped get there. Now, how did that happen? Because we have two staff members that played at Indiana, and Indiana is a very close family. If a if a former Indiana player recommends a player to the staff, they're gonna watch the kid. So it those types of relationships were in the business. So it's not a who can we introduce them to, it's the player. Hey, hey, Don, we're gonna all we, so hey, the Don, main Don, Don, puzzle Don, Don, is hey, getting to that family on. and Hold on one second. Yes. We, we got a little bounce going on, and I think we've we've got we got full bars over on our side here. Let's uh, let's see if you can check your your stream there real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. Well, is it is it come back now? Because it can't. Mine can bounce sometimes. Get goofy. Yeah. No. It looks like we're we're back on. Is it uh, better now? Yeah, we're back on track. Your video's caught up to okay. us as well. Let me start. Let me start the thought again. Yep, go ahead. Okay, let me start the thought again. We, you guys the, will edit it. Yeah, the, um, the, the question was yeah, simply, so, you know, how do you filter in place in in the tiering? What's what's the process there? Yeah, so, you know, we've got connections at almost every school in the country. So it's not a matter of where can a kid be placed. It's what's right for that kid. So a lot of people, we, we talk about the right fit a lot. What is the right fit for you as a family for that player and what's going to further their life into the next step of adulthood the best? What school, in what area, taking into account 
the football, how important it is to them to play, and how much sitting are they willing to do to learn their craft at the higher levels. Their academics, what's right for them academically, not too high, not too low. Everything should be just about challenging that kid without breaking them. Uh, and so finding that right coach, the right school, the right area to live in, taking into account, you got to be there for 10 months a year at least at that school. And then financially, what can parents afford? Taking all those factors, combining them together, and then you know, putting that in the algorithm of us having done this for so many years and saying, meet so-and-so, meet so-and-so. He wants to meet you, she wants to meet you. And making the introductions so that they begin to happen. Then once it's boiled down to these schools having in-depth discussions of the pros and cons of each of their finalists that are saying, please come play for us and helping them make that final decision just lending them all of our experience and stories of kids that have been in and out of their situation so that they consider both sides equally and not get this emotional rush of somebody loves me, let me sign, uh, and then transferring. Circle back to the international piece, because I would like to know maybe metrics because you guys are in the business to do this. So I, I don't, I don't have to fake it. You know, the metrics, you know, what, year 1999 look like to 2023 in the college landscape men and women's what has the international uh, piece done with clearly you can go look at a roster and there are multiple institutions that are fully international uh and i'll speak on the men's side versus where two decades ago they had one international player so can you talk about metrics as far as international men's and women's and what it's done over the last couple decades? And can you talk about what it's done for your business? And is that a big piece of it? Yeah. 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 Well, that's how the business started, right? So sure. It's a piece of it, by the way, the American market, the North American market is by far the bigger segment of the company when sheer numbers of players that have come in. Um, but of course it's a, a part of it. So 35% or so the last stats I saw, on the men's side come from another country and then 15 percent on the women's side come from another country is that across all divisions and, is that all divisions across all across okay. ncaa yeah, ncaa yeah. junior college you're going to find probably bigger numbers than that again americans are eschewing junior colleges they want no part of them by and large the average club kid doesn't want any part of junior colleges and um but but they're willing to take them and then transfer on, ironically, to the schools that those kids, the American kids, wanted to be at. Yeah. So they end. It's so we have a saying that says it's not where you start; it's where you finish that counts. That thirty-five uh, and that thirty-five number on the men's side, and, and and I didn't even hear what you said on the women's side because it broke up 15, in my fifteen. Fifteen percent. That that's yeah. in two thousand twenty-three, roughly. What does that number look like in two thousand ten? Oh, yeah. So the change I noticed visibly uh, was, a, I think it was 2012 or 13. So school, college used to be free for all the kids in England. Okay. Right. Absolutely free. Now it's about 20 grand a year. So that started to change in 2014 and then slowly got to where it is. So families are going, look, if I'm going to spend 20 grand a year, I'd rather spend it in America and give my kid this experience and allow them to play full-time, quote-unquote, full-time soccer, be thinking soccer 10 months a year, and get an education and go, I can do it for the same price <laughs> as my kid being at home. Yeah. 
No, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I, I think that one other thing that you touched on, um, and I want to get your, your take on, uh, the role of transfer and the transfer portal in particular and in and how that relates to strategy and pathway because you know here in st louis junior colleges um we we i mean we have probably some of the, some richest, of the best in the country yeah flow valley and st louis community yeah. and you know the list goes on and on um yeah. you know two years for a juco um, for a kid that's truly 18 or maybe even 17, not even turning 18 till the fall season. Um, how valuable is Juco with the ease in the explosion of, <clears throat> excuse me, the transfer portal as it applies to y- y- your, your target school? Well, look, so <laughs> transfer portal is pretty simple. If I see a kid, if I'm at, I don't know, Missouri State, and I see a kid who's transferring from Stanford, I'm thinking, that kid's probably good enough to play for me. And you start investigating, well, right? Well, they definitely have so the grades to go there. <laughs> we're, we're, they can go anywhere in the country. Mom and dad likely have a lot of money, and the kid was pretty good, or they wouldn't have been talking to Stanford in the first place, right? And Stanford wouldn't be talking to them. So they've kind of done your homework for you, right? When I've got two of my clients played in the German Bundesliga in the reserves, uh, male goalkeepers. So like they already did my homework for me, right? Uh, I already know that this kid's got something to him. He can't be horrible. And so you, you clean, you, you, you glean all of that, but then you get the transfers from Mississippi Valley state or from, uh, Northwest Alaska state or, you know, whatever schools you have that you're thinking, yeah, might not, never mind. I'll just keep looking. So there is a pecking order. And the pecking order is, has the kid played for a pro academy, a major pro academy that we've all heard of? I've got a female goalkeeper, uh, name is Handy, who plays for Manchester United. Okay, so just that alone says, man, and she plays for the England under 18s. So that alone, you go, somebody knows what they're talking about, or she wouldn't be there. She gets instant credibility. And at least everybody will look at her. So now Berkeley's looking at her, and I don't think she can get into Stanford. But we've got schools all around looking. It's not that hard to get a coach to at least look at her and evaluate her. Right. As opposed to a kid from, I don't know, Kidminster United. Right. Who, now, most Americans won't know who Kidminster United is. Okay, But it is a team in the pyramid in England, and nobody cares. Like they don't care about... You know, you know the USL third division team, Chattanooga, whatever. That's probably going to be out of the San Diego Loyal, who's out of business now. Right. Right. Where's the credibility? It's not the same as, you know, LA United. Well, let, okay. I, here, I, I'd like to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, you know, part of all these the equations, <clears throat> excuse me, the pieces that go into the puzzle that you're trying to put together in order to find pathway. And the one thing we have not talked about, and I think kids again, you know, if they're listening or parents in particular, talk about the value, the importance of grades, and and how. Though grades and uh, test scores, et cetera, um, how how valuable is that when you're putting together a package when you have literally tens of thousands of kids looking for that spot on a team? You know what grades tell us? 
grades tell us that you can figure stuff out. And when things are adverse in life, when things are easy in life, when when your life is falling apart, your parents are getting divorced, and if the kid, there are kids out there whose lives are falling apart around them, they're practically living on the streets and they get straight A's. I've got a, one of my clients literally lived in the hood with his mom serves uh, a Sunday meal to one of the local gangs. He lived in literally chaos all his life and he's at Central Connecticut State, a four-year starter. He had straight A's, 4.0s. So that's what it kind of tells me is who can figure it out. And I'm not talking about those with dyslexia who get you know, diagnosed really late at life. I'm not saying they should know, but I'm saying a lot of life throws a lot of stuff at us. That's what life is. And who can stick with it, stick it out and figure it out. To throw so some stuff at I you, believe- let me ask you this. Um, grades grades are a big piece so for, that's why they're important right for, for so somebody, if i have a 2.8 kid and then i have a 4.0 kid and they're kind of equal players i know that that 2.8 kid when he's living away from home may not be able to survive he can barely survive at home in high school maybe he should start at a junior college understood get his stuff figured out and then move on, even though he's NCAA Division One eligible at 2.8. Well, here's where I'm going with this now, um, and, and I'm I'm going to be that guy because if you you'll listen to our shows, and you will kind of um, kind of get where I'm coming from. Um, for our parents, for our listeners, um, everybody understands people are in business to make money. Um, you don't have to talk dollar value, and I would imagine there's there's stuff on the way of the uh, of the of the as the process moves along for you guys for with a with a protect with a with a prospective male or female player. What what how how are you making like how how does sports recruiting USA pay the bills? So. Um, is there a admission fee? Is there a placement fee? Or when the kid actually inks somewhere, you guys get a certain percentage. Can you talk about the revenue in your guys' company a little bit on how the whole process works? Yeah. You know, we would love to be like basketball and football and why the other sports are discriminated against uh, and basketball and football get a pass. Basketball and football can hire companies to do recruiting for them and then buy those names of those players by position and they can get those. That's not legal in any of the other sports, only basketball and football. So uh, that means if we're going to spend money, look, I'm spending a couple thousand here. I spent $13,000 last year traveling around the country. I put in a lot of miles. I did a lot of traveling last year. And that's because I have to go see my players in person. I have to. Absolutely. Uh, even when they're with me, I've got a sign. So the parents are the ones that are going to have to pay that bill because the colleges aren't allowed to. So the family pays us a fee. Uh, it's an agency fee. And they only pay us a fee after we invite them in. So we tell them, we know we can help you. Here's the pathway. Here's the time frame. If you would like to take advantage of that, come join us and this is what it costs and then that's our agency fee so that's that's our revenue stream currently okay uh that's our main revenue stream. the good thing about that is and this is where i will uh drink the kool-aid if you will is for you to exist and continue to exist for years to come 
you can't, you're, it's your reputation and your company's reputation on the line. So for you to pick up a call, a phone and call a coach and say, I have this kid. If the kid can't play at these places, the coach will end up, they, they will stop they answering won't, won't pick up the phone anymore. Yeah, that, yeah. They will lose stop my answering phone calls. So, so yeah. when you diagnose a kid and you go to family A, B, C, or D, and you say, I can get Johnny or Jamie this, this is realistic, they also agree with you because of your uh, expertise, if you will, and they ink at that place. Um, that's where you get paid because it, it, it's working at that point. Hey, Jer, let me put it this way. Nobody needs us. Nobody needs us. The parents can do this on their own. That's what I'm getting at. Kids can do this on their own. They don't need us. Here's the problem. I also don't need a contractor to build my house for me. I don't need anybody to mow my lawn for me, to fix my car for me, to put my engine in for me. Okay. With YouTube nowadays, I can figure anything out of my life. The question is, look, I bought new new, new uh I bought steps for my wife so she could get in my truck. She's been asking me for 12 years and I bought them for her so she could step into my truck easier. I looked at the instructions and it's literally six bolts on each side. I called my mechanic. I said, can you put this thing on a lift and use your impact wrench? He did in one hour what it would have taken me four hours and skin knuckles to do. And I'd have been sore for two days. I paid him 120 bucks. I didn't need him, but for me, it was worth it. There's 120 and bucks apples to apples here. Oh, dude, <laughs> it will take it. Will, so I'm up in Canada at a recruiting event and a guy who sort of does this up in Canada says, why would any parent use you? And I said, great question. You said your daughter's playing in college. And he goes, yeah. I said, where? He goes, a D3 school that I've never heard of in California or not in California, somewhere in the South. And I said, is she happy? Yes. Was it a good choice for her? Yes. I said, how many hours did you spend on that? And at that time, we were 1999, 2000 at that time. And he said, I spent at least a thousand, honestly, probably 2000 hours. And I said, you think very little of yourself. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, your time, you could have hired me and I could have done, got it done quicker and probably given you more options, by the way. And it would have cost you $2 an hour. If that's your fee, come be my full-time live-in butler for $2 an hour. I will hire you to take care of everything in my life yeah, for I two mean, bucks. And he goes, I never thought about that. And I honestly, I don't know where it came from because that thought had never come to me before. But the fact is, is, you know, hey, frankly, we're to? probably three to four bucks an hour for most parents to hire. We're, because in the amount of time they would take to do this, and the amount of time we can do it in and we can keep them calm. And then you've always got, look, if I'm, when I did some electrical work in here, I called my buddy who's yeah. an electrician. I said, did I do it right before I turned back on the power? And he goes, no, yeah, I would do, it's okay. And I felt better about having somebody to at least bounce it off of. And we're just a member of the kid's team. The kid's doing all the work. They're getting the grades, they're playing, they're doing it. We just need to be their best promoter and promote them to the right schools at the right levels to yep. make them go see and focus on the, that kid in the game instead of that kid in the game. Well, the, okay, because so <clears throat> we're giving them somebody to be excited about. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to ask you about because uh, I know we're kind of running up to the end of the hour here. Um, I'm fine. I, I got all day long. 
<laughs> well, we, we've got a group of kids over there that have been given free reign at appetizers. So we have to shut that down quick because I can cook, but they are now paying somebody to cook for them. Um, no, my question to you is in regards to the current landscape, specifically the youth uh, in the youth market um, and getting more specifically in that uh, the early pre-academy ages, the U12, U13, moving up to the U18, U19 age group. Um, and, and I'm wondering what your take is um, as it applies to uh, the clubs, to MLS academies, to the role that high school is playing, um, because we have a, an extremely fractured landscape as far as where these kids are playing right now. How yeah, are you? It didn't used to be this way. Somebody ruined it. Somebody ruined it. We used to go to regionals, ODP regionals, and it was truly the best kids in the region, and all the coaches would show up. And so all the districts, ODP scouted their area. Those areas led to the state teams. The led state teams led to the regional teams. And honestly, we had some of our better national teams come out of that system. And that went away. And you're right. They're so they're fractured. They're everywhere. Now we've got kids that can't afford this, can't afford that. Outstanding players that have never played at any high level, but they're very good and they have grades and they have a way to pay for college. Maybe it's fast. Maybe it's FAFSA. Maybe it's maybe it's getting uh, Cal grants. Maybe it's getting Pell grants. Uh, but they have a way to pay for school and they've got the grades and they're good footballers and coaches that love to know about them, but they're not in the system. They're not in the system. So yeah, somebody's got to scout those kids. I mean, that's well, our, that's the bottom well, line. My, my, somebody's got to do it. My question is just just for your organization in particular. Where are you seeing the majority of the kids, the domestic kids, the American, um, you know, uh, kids in particular, not not your foreign clients? Are you seeing the majority of them come from club environment, high school environment? Um, you know, what's what's kind of the breakdown? All of it. Honestly, it's we've got MLS Next kids. We've got ECNL kids, boys and girls. We've got DPL kids. Uh, we've got National 64 kids. We've got kids that are, and you talk about fractured. I'm naming all the big ones. And then we've got kids that just play in their local regional league. Like Northern California has the Northern California Premier League. It's just the better teams from all Northern California. They don't do a lot of traveling. But yet their placement rate into college is probably as high as any is the ECNL or MLS Next, uh, just by percentage, um, because they're good players, right? So they come from all over the place. Very few. I don't think we've got any high school only kids. All I do is play my 12 week high school season. I, no, not true. I've got a kid out of Reno who's now at Chaminade <laughs> who was a high school only kid. But they're well, there, there's always an exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah, they're, but they're rare. Go ahead, they're Jared. Rare. Well, and I think also for our listeners, because it, it's a it, Don, if you listen to the show, and, and I hope you do, and your staff and whatnot, um, it's a hot button topic on our show. And I, and I think in our little bubble here that we're in in St. Louis, um, this is only an issue for 10, 15% of the country because St. Louis cares about high school soccer. New Jersey cares about high school soccer. The rest of the country. I love St. Louis. I love New Jersey. It, it, Florida does too. Yeah, so does California. Yeah, but yeah. the rest of the country, the rest of the world, they yeah. don't, or the rest, not the world, the rest of our country. The rest of the world. They don't care about yeah. high school soccer. So well, it's, not even, it's not even an issue in other than in a few select cities, if we're being frank. Yeah. 
Well, let me. My kid, I tell kids, do what you want to do. And parents, let your kid do what your kid tells you that they want to do. Pay attention to what's important to them and their school and their friends. If you're involved in your kid's life, you'll know your kid, like I'm going to the basketball game, we're going to the volleyball game, we're going to the football game. If that's your kid, then soccer is probably important to their life in high school. If that's not your kid, they're not involved with any of the extracurricular stuff, then it tells you it's probably not that important to the that kid in high school if your kid says i don't want to play then listen to your kid i don't see what i don't understand why this is so complicated i i agree with you um don we we we've, we've hit our uh time here um i really appreciate your time you know because this is this is your, your the service that your org provides and your experience and everything there's a lot of parents that just need information you know and what you what you've provided is that information it's a starting step so my closing question to you is this a parent listening what do they do how do they reach out where do they find you what's the process you know if they if they have more questions how can they how can they find you guys and what's the next step the first thing is we ghost nobody we ghost nobody we will always respond until there's no response but we also will not chase anybody. We're not chasing anyone, okay? So if you want information, I would say first is, uh, it's srusasoccer.com, uh, sportsrecruitingusa.com. They both lead to the same place, So, but the shorter one, srusasoccer.com, you can read all about us. Look, we had Inside College Soccer Podcast, so there's another place they can follow us. We have two Facebook Never groups that, that have about <laughs> 20,000 followers in our Facebook groups. And so I'm guessing you guys can put the links because I think yeah, you guys yeah, joined yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and do it. And then follow me on Twitter. Uh, we're the company's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I think Twitter's where all the college coaches ran to during COVID. Yeah, you're a good and follow then, on Twitter too, by the way. I, I do follow you and you have a lot of good um, points on Twitter. Yeah, good I piss some people off and I make some people happy, but none of it's except just espousing my truth as I hear it, as I see it, and as I live it on a daily basis in the world of college and professional soccer. For me, um, Don, it, it was a pleasure talking to you. Good luck to your organization, your staff. I know your staff is ever growing and your staff is full of uh, ex-pros, ex-college coaches, just a lot of people that have been around the game that know the game. So just frankly, good luck to you guys. Yeah, and, I, and I hope you're successful. Yeah, really. Well, thanks. Yeah, I know. Paul, Paul Jobson from Baylor just signed on this morning, former coach at Baylor. And we've got Bruce Murray, who's been in the Hall of Fame, and Joe Flanagan, who's won two Division II national championships. In fact, won it with the men one year and had the women in the final four. He was coach of both teams. We thought he was going to be the first Division II coach to win two natties. Uh, yeah, so we've got a lot, about three, 400 years worth of college coaching experience and, play, like you said, professional players on on staff. Yeah, it's the, a lot of fun. So is 400 a lot? That's a lot of What's years. What's that? 400, that's a lot of years, isn't it? Years? It's, I think it's more than, I don't know, I failed math. More than or less than. Which way is it? This way? I would say, this it's, way? I I would say it's on the top side. That's a big number. Yeah. Well, Don, no, hey, it's, it's, thanks, it's, thank you. thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us. Have a great rest of the weekend. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll connect, and I'll shoot you a link when we're all wrapped up here. But have a, have a great time, and uh, we'll catch up with you later on. 
Thanks. Maybe I'll get to meet whoever the other buddy is on your other he's, side next time. He, yeah, you can say that again because he's the one that's going to pay the tab today. Yeah. Hey, Joe. <laughs> uh, as a parent, thank you so much for all the they, Right on, guys. Thanks, Have Don. a take, good one. Thanks for take, having me on. Take Appreciate care, it. man. See you. Okay, bye. All right. We're back. We're back. Jerry, what do you say, man? We're back. I uh, wanted to quickly um, <clears throat> we'll do we'll do a little closing segment today since uh, new uh, city soccer dad joining us here, Joel. Hello. What <laughs> did you practice at? Hello. Absolutely not. Hello. Uh, I saw your text late, like I said, and I was like, I will be there. Hey, rookie, stay on the mic. Immediately, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, you can pick it up, man. Thanks for the invite. Uh, congratulations, by the way, Joel. Uh, your your son is the, uh, uh, the, the the new one of the new uh, goalies at the U15 City SC. Yeah, thank you. Jacob. Jacob Ron. Big J. Big J. Um, no, it's... It's hard to explain uh, the process, but I will say from the bottom of my heart, guys, like listening to your podcast has been super helpful in many, many ways. As You're welcome. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, just there's, kidding. I'm just there's, kidding. No, there's value. I don't. Do I mean, there's that. tons of value. Like yeah. with Don, Don's got a lot going on, like from a value standpoint, because you like to swim in the pool and do sh- stuff like that. Yeah. How much is your time worth? A lot. A lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a value-driven kind of branding kind of guy, like marketing. Like, that's awesome. That is cool. Well, I think, you know, the the thing about, uh, you know, guys like Don and organizations like SRUSA is they, they there's a there's a market for it. Huge market. Um, because the vast majority of families simply are – being squeezed at both ends, you know, uh, from a time standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a stress standpoint. So, so when and it, I when, would also argue being new to the game, like myself, I'm. A how golfer. many miles have you put on your car in the last four weeks? Tons. I mean, <laughs> last two years with ECNL. I mean, yeah. yeah, he was over at Gall- Gallagher too. Um, but I think I think what they do is they they kind of to a degree, take a lot of the bullshit out. Now, whether or not it, it's a good fit, whether or not it's the right decision, all that, that, that is TBD because he's right. Anybody that wants to do this thing, go down this road themselves, they can, you know, and it's a matter of managing your own expectations within your club, within your high school and, and, you know, and knowing a little bit about video and a lot about email marketing and, and, and and follow up, so it's all possible. All the stuff that that needs to go on in that in that in that realm. Yeah, you know. But for me, it's like the kid, the family. You know, if if they are really into the process and they want to go to the next level and they would like to play and you know and, and potentially get money for it. You know, you just you don't want to learn a new skill set. You don't want to learn how to edit video and and do all that. No. Um, even well, you, he's a tool. You also want to use every, <laughs> and I mean that not in a derogatory way. You, you can, um, 
Sorry. Yeah, there he's we go. A he's, he's a, a hammer. He's a hammer. So what I'm saying is, is he is something at your disposal as a family that is there to help. I agree. Um, so let's uh, let's do this. Uh, Joel, you listen to this show enough. I've listened. I've logged some hours. Um, so you know what we do with Pinnacle Points, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you the opportunity to give us a rollout Pinnacle. What's your Pinnacle Point of the day? And it could be anything. What do you want to talk about? Let's give Chris and Bill a little love here at the end of our uh, runway. Who's Chris and Bill? Pinnacle. Oh, the okay. Pinnacle. of course. I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Chris and Bill, thank you so much for everything you do for the show. There you go. Um, listening to Don, I think I was kind of, sorry, rookie move. I was kind of thinking, um, you know, we're talking about a lot of things that need to come together. Um, and so my Pinnacle point is give a little love to Jacob because like he's taking this he, city he, thing. He's your pinnacle pride of he's the day. He's my pinnacle pride. <laughs> and he has taken this thing absolutely very seriously. And uh, showing up well before he needs to be there, taking care of his body, you know, uh, doing the things that he needs to do because it's just, I won't say the easy transition for him, but he's making that transition. So, yeah, you know, you, there, there's that intangible that needs to be there too. So my pinnacle point, pinnacle pride, Jacob. Jacob, Jake, we got the last pinnacle Word. point. I love it. You got anything, Jared? I have no more pinnacle points of the day for old Bill and Chris, <laughs> other than um, the CBC high school season is starting. Oh, you know who they play? Who do they play? Game one. Webster? Webster tomorrow. It's Webster CBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noon. Will Terry be there? I don't think so. But I'm going to go see Terry on uh, Monday. You are? So I'll update everybody after that. Okay. So um, who wins that game? Um, and who are you pulling for? Me? Yeah. I'm pulling for the weather. <laughs> No, no, I, I'm pulling for Webster. Timmy Velton, um, you know, I, I played with him briefly, you know, indoor in open mm-hmm. beer league. Yep. Uh, great dude. I mean, it's a great program. Obviously, I live in Webster, so there's yeah. that. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. Why would I, you know what? There was no denying or doubting my decision. Actually, I, know, I knew what you would say. I, I knew mean, what you as would a, say. as as a kid from the other side of the river, because I'm not going to say a name, because otherwise, Patch will bust my chops. Um, there's no way I can love CBC. I can't root for him. I can I can like Terry. I can like its players, but now they're playing my new hometown. Tomorrow. Yeah, I don't like CBC either. We've given him a lot of love. <laughs> wow, just bringing the heat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There we go. Well, let's just get that out of the way. Um, we're going to, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're, we're down here at the pitch. Hey, thanks to the pitch, by the way, for, uh, letting us, uh, crash and, uh, put this show on today. We should have had Joey Zanaboni's call sign at the pitch athletics at Lewis Tavern or whatever he says. That was a beautiful episode. Oh, the <laughs> home of amazing cheeseburger caddy corner from city park. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, give us, give us a follow, uh, click that little follow, send that little share, um, spread the love. We would appreciate it. In the meantime, we're going to start our weekend and finish these beers, and we'll catch you next time.